1: Nuan is now. I'm on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula.
0: sorry everybody, welcome back. Nuan now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We are coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here uh, at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. missed the thing in hour number one. You can always find it on the podcast, apparently presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Visit MSU Bookstore. Uh, dot org in first hour. We did a little Grizz blindside also did just a little Grizz playoff talk. I think it's just sort of fitting and, and uh, potentially storybook. The fact that the last time the semifinals in the FCS playoffs was here in Missoula, the Grizz played Appalachian state who was sort of the, 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 the standard, the, the, the juggernaut in the division. Now you got the same standard bearer, the, uh, the sort of the Titan of the division, North Dakota state coming to town on Saturday. So, uh, Fitting. I mean, I would say that probably the most iconic win of Bobby Hauk's career is when he beat App State in the semis in 09, and now he gets a chance some 14 years later. So he talked all about that. Also got to say thanks to the advocates for their continued support of our Grizz uh, football playoff coverage. Advocates want to wish you happy holidays. The holidays should be a joyful and exciting time. You should never uh, feel unhappy just because of someone else's negligence. Call the Advocates today so they can start fighting for you and the settlement you deserve so you can get back to enjoying the holiday season. Uh, and then we also had our Vertical Rays Players of the Year. Pete Hamill was in studio with us, and we also had our Treasure State Stars, some of the best individual performances. So check it out uh, all on the podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, which is also the presenting sponsor here. Of The Business Angle, the overlay between business and sports, Justin Angle in studio.
2: Thanks for being here, man. How you doing? It's good to be here. I'm doing well. End yeah. of the semester. Yeah. Things are good. So finals week right now? It is finals week. Yeah.
0: How's that going?
2: Uh, Going great for me. My class doesn't have a final. So. <laughs> that's great. Uh, yeah. I think that's cle- going great for your students then as well. Potentially. I mean, in, in my class, yeah. There's a lot of cleanup, like a lot of, um, yeah. you know, small assignments over the course of the semester. And I teach a freshman class, so students are kind of acclimating to the college experience. and realizing that um, yeah there's a lot lot that they had to stay on top of what what is the uh, what is the thought behind not having a finals is it just cuz you want everybody to show up all the time you know i, I don't think exams are a great measure of
0: student hey man man i agree with you i'm not a professor like you but i've always thought that
2: and i'm not one of those people that think like there's bad test takers like i'm not I believe in the part of school where you show what you know. Yeah, sure. Um, but I think there's other ways to do it outside of exams that are more effective. So, sure. um, you know, longer term assignments, projects, writing sorts of things. Um, they're just easier to administer. And we have all these uh, you know n- newer tools online we can use to do. Do those sorts of things? I just find like the the need for a traditional sit down for two hour exam is is a lot less useful for for anybody involved. Well, I
0: like that. I think that uh, I think that's good. So uh, happy finals week to anybody that's enduring it, uh, but also happy semifinals week to everybody uh, around the city uh, of Missoula. So I that's, what you did that's what I uh, that's what I want to start. Is yeah, I do find it. It's, it's so interesting because I grew up in Missoula. And so I, I you, you only know what you know when you're a kid. You kind of just are kind of used to it. And then I left Missoula for a while. And when you leave places, you, you find, I think you, you sort of either realize the things that you didn't like about a place or you, you realize the things that were great about a place or a combination of yeah. both. And one thing that you, you just, that I always remembered about growing up this time of year in Missoula was when the playoffs would roll around, the city would just be a buzz. And the Grizz are, are still... So popular in in Missoula and, and around Montana, it was even more true back then because we didn't have all these new transplants. So even a larger like percentage of the town was just hanging on all of the Grizz successes yeah. and things. But that, it's still it's still such a huge deal. Well, the buzz has not been nearly as palpable since I moved back in twenty seventeen until right now, mm. and now you can feel it, man. You just you could just feel it. Part of it's because it's my of my jobs. Like I, I talk on the radio about Montana football all the time. Yeah, that's part of it. Also, with my sales portion of my job, when the Grizz are winning, a lot more people want to let me in the door to see what I'm pitching because they that's want right. 10 minutes of my time to tell them about the Grizz. Yep, yep. So that's good too. But I don't think you can just kind of feel it. And I think it still reminds you that even though Missoula's grown so much, it still is a small town.
2: Yeah, and it, and it demonstrates the power of a winning sports team. I mean, I experienced this living in Seattle when the Seahawks were making a deep run into the playoffs. And, you know, the year they won the Super Bowl. It, it just, it's... It, it creates an energy around a town and we can have debates about the sort of the economic value of that energy and yep. there's been attempts to quantify it, but, um, that sort of community spirit, if it can be channeled into, um, a sense of a positive outlook about what's possible in a community, that, that can be a really wonderful thing. It also just gives us something positive to talk about, sure, right? Yeah, good stories I, mean, are fun. R- I
0: mean, right after the cat Grizz game, So many of the conversations around Thanksgiving tables and, you know, into the holidays are going to be about the rivalry. And if you're living in Missoula, most of the people are going to be talking about what happened with the Grizz. It's just a lot more positive to when you know, you're rolled in the rivalry and, you know, now you're on the run in the playoffs. Yeah, everybody likes a winner. (laughs) No, it's exactly right. When it comes to that economic impact, though, uh, I do think it's still very... uh, A formidable thing. The last study I saw was a a couple years ago, but they say between two point five and three million dollars each time the Grizz have a playoff game. It it makes sense just because of the people coming into town, people going out to eat, going out to drink, all that sort of stuff.
2: All sorts of benefits, and you know, coming into this weekend, having the game fall on Sunday after or Saturday afternoon is is a much better spot for for so many play uh, so many folks in the equation, but uh, the the economic benefits will be uh, uh, more significant as well. Um, it gives people from around the state, around the region, uh, and North Dakota too, to travel yes, for to, sure. to Missoula. It's likely you know much easier to sell out the stadium on a Saturday afternoon than it is on a Friday Definitely. evening. You're more likely to get folks to come in for the entirety of the weekend. So two hotel rooms, um, just kind of all, all sorts of spillover benefits, economically to have it hold this particular space on the uh, on the calendar rather than the Friday night. Well, speaking of tickets, I know the University of Montana has been uh, working in tandem
0: with us to really pump ticket sales these last couple of weeks. Really appreciate that. Thanks to Nick Halsey and the people down there marketing uh, for for collaborating with us, because I do think it's a great audience for us to market to. And obviously you guys want to sell some tickets, but I'm hearing now a bunch of my buddies that I'm on a group text with, the Grizzfan pod guys, really, they were like, they're saying tics, tickets are going super, super fast. They just saw basically being on there, and maybe the tickets might have sold out in the 10 minutes. I mean, they went live for non-season ticket holders at 5, so it's been live for 12 minutes, and they're saying that maybe they could be gone. So, I mean, that's huge, man. That would be, yeah. be cool for the university.
2: Absolutely, and it'd be great for everybody involved to have a packed stadium and that kind of excitement. Um, You know, the stadium was rocking on Friday night, but still, really? I mean... Uh, what was the gate? Like about 20, a little over 20,000. Yeah, so tw- uh, 20,000 to change, yeah. Yeah, well, that's a significant number of empty seats. For sure. And you see that visually. It didn't necessarily sound like that, but it, it, for sure. it felt like it visually.
0: No, for sure. And and then, it, you know, that's the thing is, it's still a great environment when there's 20,000 plus people sure. there. For sure. But to have a full sellout, it just it makes a whole all the difference in the world. Absolutely, just from the whole aesthetics and mm-hmm. the buzz, and you know just the concourses and just how busy it is. It, it just makes you feel like you're in a big time football game because you are. It's now ESPN Radio, the Business Angle presented by Blackfoot Communications. Business Angle, uh, excuse me, Blackfoot Communications. That would be cool if the Business Angle was doing it. Uh, they're introducing Smart Biz, the ultimate Wi-Fi solution for Missoula's small businesses. With out-of-the-box dedicated networks, top-tier securities, and network failovers, you'll stay seamlessly connected. Just 20 bucks a month, no contracts. Sign up at blackfootsmallbusiness.com backslash better Wi-Fi and to connect connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. When it comes to the impact that a run like this can have on the university, how, how do you sort of go about gauging that? Is it something that can... Be almost an instant return, or does you do you have to wait for a, a certain period of time?
2: Um, there can be instantaneous returns um, in in a few different ways. Um, it will probably help with student retention, sure, which is yeah. a ver- which is a, a, a hugely important um, variable that we try to manage. And you know, in the last five or six years, I think our retention has gone up. Um, Close to ten percent, and just think of—it's it, so much more important to keep a customer that you are. So it's so much easier to keep a customer you are you already have uh, rather than get a new customer. Sure. So that's a really important thing we measure ourselves on. It also sort of speaks to the student success and how, or the student services and how well everything's working together. Um, So I think retention goes up if you can provide a better on-campus experience and an exciting football product is a part of that experience. It makes people feel the spirit that you talked about. Um, There will be likely enrollment or there can be enrollment benefits. It just puts your brand out uh, on the radar far more any people. Sure. Um, and you're at the top of a list, and people right. don't necessarily care what the list is, but if you're at the right. top of it, they think that's good. And the other area that can be um, really um, affected is philanthropy. Mm. You know, you're going to have donations pouring in, or you can have donations pouring in to support an athletic program. The football team and athletics in general does really well on those things. Mm-hmm. Um But generally, people want to be affiliated with a winner. So um, fundraising for the entirety of the academic operation um, can be dramatically influenced by a winning football team. You've seen that at um, big-time schools across the, the Southeastern Conference, for example. Those schools like the Georgias and the Alabamas and the Clemsons, the ones that have been perennially strong. Yeah they see a strong correlation between the product they put on the football field and the donations they get to the university, not just for the football team.
0: I think you probably see just something as simple as just a little bit of a Google boost, too, right? Absolutely. I mean, how many people Googled paladins last week? You know, when the Furman's in town, you're like, well, what's a paladin? And then you sure. see their mascot and he's like this knight, and then all of a sudden you're reading about it on the internet?
2: Yeah, and you can be savvy with your ad words and how you allocate your your, yeah. your spend in, in terms of Google ads and, and serve people that you know will be searching for new information. You can Serve them sort of content you want them to, to receive in order to sort of cultivate the brand associations you want to cultivate. Well, you're so good
0: at the marketing stuff. So let's say we have some scenes from Saturday. Is there a way to like tie that in? I think, the, first of all, the University of Montana commercials, shout out to anybody that was a part of those. They're very, yeah, good. I very th- good. I think they're very good. They're really good. On the You know, you see them on the streaming, you see them on the terrestrial, and uh, they're really good. Every time I watch them, I'm like, that's a really good commercial. Good job, guys. Can you do anything from this that's like sort of a gigantic
2: cut of this that you can make into a commercial of sorts? You mean right from the, the content yeah. that's produced on the field? Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, would, I, I mean, mean if I you have th- a
0: full stadium, might as well, right? You know,
2: and, and I think the the folks that run, the Mont, the, you know, the Grizz Football Instagram do a nice job they of do. putting those instant videos out, those, those quick edits, yep. and... I mean in many ways that's the coin of the realm in marketing right now, telling those instantaneous stories. And you take a game like the uh oh gosh, you, you gotta you gotta check me here. What was the game in the snow? Was that was that the cat Grizz that was in the snow? This year? Yeah. No, uh th- it was the week before, right? Cat was not snowing. Uh, right. It, no Delaware was in the snow. The the Delaware yeah, the game week in after, the snow, excuse me, that's at right. first. Yeah. So anyway, um, Images like that can yes, really kind yes. of tell a compelling story and are unique to the Montana experience. So that sort of stuff could be packaged and put into a commercial and taking advantage of the national TV audience in, in pretty clever ways. I've
0: always thought it was funny like, when, the, when you get these national TV games. Like, to compare it contrast tr- Bozeman, Missoula, and, like, Brookings, South Dakota. Yeah. Like, they show Bozeman, it's covered in snow, then they pan out, and there's the Bridgers, and they're cutting, they're showing you Big Sky skiing, and then Missoula. You know, they pan out, and there's Mount Sentinel, and there's the river. All of it. And then in Brookings, they pan out, and there's just mounds of snow and then nothing. Right. <laughs> and you're like, is that actually good marketing? I think you're actually showing people this is the coldest place on the earth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe for the president, you're like, well, just show the football stadium. Let's not, let's not pan out. Snow not as now ESPN Radio, the business angle, uh, presented by Blackfoot Communications. So the Grizz got a national TV game last week on ESPN2, so that inevitably does nothing but help. The uh, viewership of that game, pretty good in terms of the Friday nights when people maybe aren't as accustomed to watching college football. Uh, 679,000 viewers, so uh, that's good. I mean, that's certainly uh, significantly more than what has watched the Grizz during their regular season national TV games. I think the playoffs helps. Being in
2: overtime uh, helps. Uh, so, I mean, what do you think of that number? I mean, it seems like that's uh, pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's hard to get a big number on a Friday night. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, relative to what we've seen in the past for that spot, it's a strong number. Um, it's not, like, abnormally strong, but it's 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 a fine number. I'm not, like, blown out of the water by it, but sure. I don't think of it as a red flag. To put
0: it in I- perspective, uh, the Bobcat game against William & Mary last year that was on ESPN2, Friday night game, that one drew 491,000 part of that was because that was a 55 to 7 game so i think a lot of people uh, changed the channel or just flipped right through it whereas you know a game that was going back and forth going to overtime is pretty competitive that that was a fun part of what uh of friday night with so many viewers uh, on board and then the uh, the national tv game um, that was on abc the ndsu south dakota game that got over a million 1.9 1.09 excuse me million viewers and then uh, Villanova, South Dakota State, which is on ESPN, actually outperformed the network game, Yeah, uh, 1.85 million viewers. I mean, that's
2: not surprising given that Villanova's right outside of Philadelphia. They're going to sure. pull that giant media market yes. in. That alumni is strong. You know, they've had such a, a storied history as a basketball school. Mm-hmm. They have an activated, um, highly engaged alumni fan base in the mid-Atlantic region, which is such a big market.
0: Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's right. And uh, also then I think that being that morning time slot on that specific Saturday sure. too, like there's only a couple other games. Army-Navy was coming up. Championship Saturday already happened. The Bulls yeah. are on. So you kind of get this exclusive mm-hmm. time. You're not really fighting with anything else there at 10 o'clock in the morning. So I think that's uh, another factor. We'll see. I, I'll be interested to see what the TV ratings are coming out of this weekend as well. Um, on one hand... You got, uh, you know, South Dakota State's such a big favorite. You wonder if that chases people away from that Friday night game, especially if they're just absolutely rolling over Albany. They are playing a team from back east, similar to Villanova, not nearly quite the metro area, but still a a populated area. I don't know. Do you think that the perception of what the point spread's going to be scares
2: people away? Uh, I don't know if the average viewer pays attention to this, especially FCS football. Yeah, maybe, right. I think it's less compelling to the average viewer. I mean, certainly the the gaming audience tunes in, but I still think that's a sort of small segment of the population. I think you just look for general stories, like you see, like oh, a North Dakota school versus a South Dakota school. That's something I want to pay attention right, to. That right. seems like a rivalry. We talked about this at the beginning of the season. The Montana University of Montana versus University of Idaho. Okay. That's seems like a, if i don't know anything about those schools right. i know those are two states next to each other right yeah, they seem similar they're probably going to have an intense rivalry i'll tune into that
0: totally uh, it, it is the 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 being on brand with each other certainly uh, it certainly helps uh, one other thing in the college football realm i wanted to ask you about is we've seen these uh, we've talked about this before but it, it's really gone into hyperdrive now yeah. we've seen this emergence of these NIL collectives when NIL was first developed it was all about okay, are you a prominent athlete that has a name image or likeness that could be monetized? And if so, you're using that in exchange for a money as an endorser or you yep. know promoter of a good, you're doing a service for an individual or a business. Yep. Now you see this collective, these collectives where they're just giving money to everybody to get them to come to their school. And the amount of, you know, branding or imaging that they actually have to do is, is limited. And, uh, I, I, the reason this has hit into hyperdrive now is you're seeing all these Power 5 schools coming in using third-party agencies to basically broker deals. There's a ton of tampering going on, but there's no real rules being broken because the college coaches aren't the ones doing this. They're having the collectives reach out, and then oh, all yeah. of a sudden, guys are getting six-figure offers. It, it just seems like this is not even close to in the spirit of what they created this for.
2: Uh, yeah, uh, it is a great example of sort of an unknown. Yeah, you, you, you just... Open a system up to uncontrolled market forces, and you're going to get outcomes like this, you know, power accrues to the powerful. And, you know, it's sort of like the old school booster world, um, just just out in the open with no regulations. And, you know, you, you could make the argument that like, well, there's the more transparency. Well, there's also just no limits on the amount of money that can get thrown around in this space. And it presents all kinds of conflicts. We've talked about some dimensions of it in this segment over, uh, you know, over the last year or so. But, you know, I, I think you're exactly right. Like the, the, the students, student athletes, they were supposedly the targeted beneficiary of right. NIL, right? Yes. And, th- and some of them are like, it presents income opportunities for a lot of uh, students that, uh, or, uh, otherwise wouldn't have them. And some of these collectives are spreading money around to the non-revenue generating sports in, 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 cre- in cool ways for those athletes. It's not just accruing to the men's basketball and football players. Um, but it, it is kind of uh, disturbing how much this is sort of uh, just the incentives it's introducing and the amount of people that are trying to get um, their sort of hand in the cookie jar, so to speak.
0: Well, and if there's no
2: regulations
0: on it, as we know, some of the most passionate and also uh, maybe irrational people in the world of sports are the people that are donating money to college football programs. So if there's no parameters on this, I mean, what the doomsday that's coming up is there's a proposal to expand NCAA uh, division one roster limits. So, therefore, then, if you can have more players on your roster, right now a uh, FBS team can carry 95 players on their roster and 85 of them can be on scholarship. Mm-hmm. Well, if you expand that to 120 or 125, you give them 30 extra roster spots, then there's a feasible world where you can have 30 quote-unquote walk-ons that are getting paid. They're getting their school paid for via the collective, so they're basically getting 30 more scholarships. That in itself is going to create an even more unbalanced environment. It's going to gut this level of football even further and that's the part that's crazy is I just think you're going to be losing guys from the Big Sky Conference level that are getting promised this money to go places. And they might not ever even play anywhere, but they're still leaving opportunities where there are stars in leagues that are It's good for the branding of things like the Big Sky Conference. It just seems like it's the bottoms falling out if they let this happen.
2: Yeah. And it's unclear sort of how to stop it. And when the bottom falls out, like who benefits, like there's a ton of money rushing into this system and, you know, college sports kind of operate in this unique space where they're somewhat, uh, you know, beholden to market forces. Like it is, there are business dimensions to it, but there's also like deep pocketed donors that just like to be associated with a winner who will throw money at a program and, You know, students could earn some short term gains, but at the same time, like, are they going to actually get an education? Are they going to get experience on the field? Are they Is the sort of experience they can get on the field going to be going to lead to a longer term career in the sport? It seems unlikely. Right. You know, there's only so many seats to go around. For sure. We're not going to expand the NFL. So, um it seems like more people are funneling into a, a, a more compe- what, what is becoming a more competitive uh, market with sort of more superstar effects. Right. right? The, 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 the returns to being a superstar in this world are tremendous, but the number of superstars the system is capable of producing is the same. And then you rob the, the small-town superstar element out of
0: it sometimes as well. I thought Ty Greger brought this up on our Big Sky Breakdown. I thought it was a great point. A lot of times, okay, so let's say, let's say you're at Montana and you're good enough to go play at Oregon. Yep. But you stay at Montana, and then you're a local legend. And then you decide to make your life in Montana. And the amount of opportunities that's going to provide for you, because you are a well-known, beloved person in a small community, I mean, there's a, all sorts of ex-Grizz guys around town that are doing great. And I'm not saying they're just doing great just because they played for the Grizz, but there is like a symbiotic relationship that exists there. If you just bail somewhere else,
2: Yeah, but you if like the, the coach at Nebraska made it pretty plain, it's like, no, it cost him a couple million bucks to get a quarterback in the transfer portal. If you're 20 years old, And can take that right. $2 bucks and have the good sense to put it in the bank and earn time value of money. <laughs> right, right. Like, yeah, that's going to afford you a lot of opportunities uh, no down the road no, that no. being, you know, a big man about a small town isn't necessarily no. going to do for you. And
0: that's where it's getting skewed, too, is we're seeing some of these FCS superstars getting offered six figures, which in, in the greater scheme of things is not going to, like, change your life forever, but it could change your life in the right now. Yes. And it's creating these sort of moral... Conflicts. I mean, I heard this story. I won't name names or name schools, but I heard a story about a guy who entered the portal because he wants to graduate transfer. He wants to get a specific master's degree. Sure. But then as soon as he was in the portal, big schools were alerted to it. So then he got multiple. His intention was to see if he could go to these two specific schools. Yep. And if they, he didn't, he was going to go back to his school. There was an sure. understanding between the coach. But then he gets offered a quarter million dollars in one case and he's having this complete conflict because he's like, oh, I only wanted to either stay or go to this one school yeah. but now there's this other
2: school that's offering me all this money. How do I say no? It's a weird thing. And you wonder what is what, what is the money going to roll up into? Some of it is philanthropic right, right. but like on the one hand, you've got this sort of wild west gold rush happening in NIL but on the other end, you've got Players deciding they're not going to participate in their school's bowl game Right. so they can save themselves for the NFL draft or they can transfer, go in the transfer portal or whatever sort of next rung up the financial ladder they think they're going to be running to. Those moves then dilute the value of college football broadly yes. and the brand value of each individual program. And so it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I, I do feel like there is money rushing into a system that's in decline. Yes. And it feels like in general if, if it has the feeling of a bubble to me. What would be the thing that made it burst? Well, ultimately a few things can make it burst. A giant scandal, Right, right. That that it's vulnerable to a giant scandal. Now it depends. I, I, I'd have to think hard about what sort of scandal. That's the
0: craziest part is that the legalization of all this has eliminated so much of the things that previously would be
2: scandalous, <laughs> yeah, right? that's true. Um, I just think the sort of... Ultimately, I think what... If, if I were to have to make a prediction right now, I, I would say that the power imbalances at these institutions, that these college coaches are becoming and will become more powerful than the presidents of the universities and or maybe even the governors of the states. And um, that creates an imbalance that could lead to like, well, well, if I'm Nick Saban, like why do I need the University of Alabama? Right. Why do I need all that? Right. if, 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 If I can... And so if there's like whatever, those, five, those eight teams in professional soccer tried to pull that off for sure, the Super right? League. Yep. And it didn't because of some of the history there. And I would say college football, if, if they were to try something similar, like with the Power Five conferences, it might collapse sure. in a similar way. Um, but it just seems like we're uh, moving toward a, a breaking point with the viability of, of college athletics, particularly in the form of, of football. And I think it's going to come all the way full
0: circle to the impact realignment and things like that, because I just think that there's going to be a huge question for state universities with prominent football teams in rural areas, a.k.a. Montana, Idaho, South of North Dakota, Wyoming, yeah. even Colorado, Nevada. There's going to be huge questions where... These teams that have a lot of longstanding tradition are getting left in the dust for no other reason than their, their financial returns from where they sit and who they compete with. And I just think that's going to, it's all of this is going to come full circle to impact realignment. I think, man, too. I was thinking
2: about that when you were talking about the ratings yes. and, and I wonder it'd be interesting to talk to somebody from ESPN, like what is the break even number yeah, of viewers right. they need to have to, to consider a broadcast a success. Right. Right. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Right. Like, at what point does the broadcast become money-making versus money-losing? Amen. I would love to see that. We'll pull some numbers from the bowl games because that would be a good comparison. Like the uh, lower
0: tier, like early December Idaho famous potato bowl type bowl games. Yeah. I would love to see the comparison between the, uh, the ratings of that and some of these FCS playoff games. It's the business angle, just an angle. You can find it. On uh, a podcast on the Missoula Broadcasting Podcast Network, as uh, so to search Business Angle uh, on ver- all your various podcast hosting platforms. And you can also find it always here uh, every other Tuesday on Nuana's Now. It's presented by Blackfoot Communications. Let Blackfoot help you and your small business. Visit goblackfoot.com. He's Dustin Angle, he joins us couple times a month here on Nuwana's Now, but that's the last time for 2023. So uh, good year, man. And thanks for being here. What's going on on the New Angle podcast?
2: New Angle podcast. This week, we've got two physicians from Hardin, Montana, uh, oh, cool. Lori and Robert uh, Byron. They are, they've practiced on the Crow, Res- Crow Reservation for years, but now they've turned their attention to trying to understand the health impacts of climate change. They've mm. authored a um Health and climate assessment for the state of Montana and trying to raise the salience of how climate change is affecting all of our health in, in profound ways.
0: Wow, fascinating. We'll go check it out, uh, the New Angle podcast, as well as uh, you can find him here uh, every couple weeks. Thanks for being here, man. Thanks, man. Noir well, ESPN Radio. We'll talk more Grizz NDSU. We'll hear from Bobby Houck and Keelan White on what they think of the buys that come town. Keep it right here. 102.9 ESPN Radio. Jewelry Design Center is not your average jewelry store. The friendly welcoming staff is so excited to be in Montana and the craftsmanship, unique creativity, care, and artisanship you'll receive at the Jewelry Design Center is second to none. Is there anything you guys can't do?
1: We don't cut diamonds, (laughs) okay? Yeah, but we can facilitate that. It's unique that we cast our own metal, we grow our own models, we hand carve,
2: as well as use computer-aided technology to design. We're pushing the limits of what we had previously thought was impossible.
0: Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life.
2: One, two, three. What is now on ESPN
0: Radio. Hello, so everybody. Welcome back. Oh, Chris Stapleton for you here on this Tuesday. Hope you're having a great start to your week. What so is now? ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MTF. Let's talk some more Grizz. Uh, much of our Grizz coverage throughout the month of December, and into the new year, presented by the Advocates. The snow is here, so navigating the road safely will become a challenge. While you're out shopping for holiday treasures or traveling to visit family during the holiday season, watch out for distracted drivers. If you're injured in an accident that wasn't your fault, you deserve an advocate. You can chat with the experienced, award-winning attorneys. No cost to you. Call 406-640-4444 today. Chat online anytime at MontanaAdvocates.com. The First of all, let's look at just North Dakota State in general. We gave you some players to watch for NDSU a couple weeks ago when they were getting prepared to take on Montana State. <laughs> I, I, uh, I got either good news or bad news. Those players to watch really haven't changed. <laughs> they, uh, In fact, I think that they're pretty much across the board the same, but I think that those guys that are some of the players to watch are – Some of the main reasons why NDSU has been able to to battle their way back. NDSU, they hit a skid like they haven't really hit in the last 12 or 13 years. They lost three games during the regular season. They lost two in a row for the first time since 2009. They got blown out by North Dakota. That has rarely ever happened. Then they lost a nail-biter to South Dakota. They got revenge for that one last week by housing the Yotes, but... They, uh, NDSU's three losses, their most regular season losses, outside of the spring season, the, the the lone spring season there in the spring of 2021. Outside of that, NDSU had never had three losses in a season all the way since 2010. That was their first inaugural playoff season. They made the playoffs every single year since then, and of course they've won nine national championships. So, uh, the guys that have helped them turn the corner this year, though, the guys that helped them rebound after losing those consecutive games for the first time in a long time, some some familiar faces, some some uh, pretty recognizable names. I'd say their, their number one player to watch on offense, even though he is part of a dual quarterback system, is Cam Miller. He's a senior. He is a four-year starter there at NDSU. It's funny because if he didn't come in the same line, if he didn't come right after Brock Jensen, Carson Wentz, and Easton Stick, and Trey Lance, four guys that were all NFL draft picks, if he doesn't come down that road, then you think he's like one of the great uh, FCS players or one of the F- great. Uh, he, he is a good FCS quarterback. He just isn't the guys that came before him, but he's still very good. So uh, he's certainly a key. For NDSU, he's got a couple great targets. A really tall one in Zach Mathis and then a really fast one in Eli Green. Mathis is 6'7". He's a senior. And uh, Green, he's 5'11", 185 pounds. He's a sophomore. He's more of the speed guy. Cole Wisniewski is a converted linebacker who's been great as a team captain and uh, now a strong safety. He leads the country in interceptions. He's got six of them. And uh, he's sort of the catalyst of that NDSU defense. And then Eli Mostert is the, the main man up front. Uh, they have quite a few guys they play up front. They have a lot of depth up there, but Mostert's a 6'3", pounds senior, and uh, he's been very good since coming back from a broken leg that cost him most of uh, last season. We're going some sound bites here. We'll start with Bobby Halkin, just his initial thoughts on North Dakota State, what he thinks of the Bison coming to town and uh, his initial scout on NDSU.
1: In regard to the Furman game, you know, it was a great football game. It was really hard fought by both teams. Uh, We overcame some obstacles and and got a huge win. Uh, I'm very proud of our team. You know, we've been in the quarterfinal three of the last four years, and it was great to to get that win. So kind of wild to have a punt return touchdown and a kickoff return touchdown in the, in the, the same playoff game. But that was a good job by our guys getting that done and putting points on the board there. And then as we've gotten into North Dakota State, uh, obviously we watched them on Saturday. They played really well at South Dakota. It was a dominating win over the, um, the number three ranked team in the, in the country. And, you know, they look like they're the team to beat in this playoff to me right now. So they're playing great. They're big and physical. They're really, really well coached. Um, you know, they just do a lot of things right. That's why they're where they are. Um, defensively they lead the nation in interceptions they play hard, they tackle well Uh, they control the line of scrimmage it's kind of who they are and that's their DNA Uh, offensively they're highly ranked and in all the relevant categories, rushing, scoring total offense, I think they're third in scoring, fourth in rushing Um, quarterback Miller's playing at a really high level Um, I think he's the best we've seen um, by a large margin to date, he's played great all year and, and his plan is playing his best of the year, I think, right now. would be my guess watching the, the games I've watched. Uh, you know, they're just outstanding. So, this is a huge challenge and uh, a huge challenge. And we have our work cut out for us this week, and we need a good week of preparation. And and uh, it should be a great game Saturday.
0: Bobby Houck here on Duanas now. Let's keep on rolling with Coach Houck. High praise there for Cam Miller, the best quarterback that Montana has seen by a wide margin, he says. What else about the uh, NDSU offense, including some more specifics
1: about uh, North Dakota State's senior gunslinger? And you guys played North Dakota State last year. When you watch them on film this year, how do they compare to the team you guys saw last year? Uh, There's some distinct similarities in how they do things and and, uh, who they are physically. Obviously, they have a bunch of returning people that played against us last year.
0: Coach, your quarterback so efficient. Uh, is there stuff they do to scheme it up like
1: that, or is that just him making the right reads? Why is he so efficient with the ball? You're talking about Miller? Uh, yeah, Cam Miller, yeah. yeah. Um, well, he, you know, he's a good player, first of all. Second, he's an accurate thrower. He's a good athlete. He runs the ball well. But it's all set up off the run game. They're very multiple. If you don't stop the run game, they'll just keep doing it. So then the play-action pass, the bootleg game, all that stuff plays off the run game.
0: With the two quarterbacks, they bring in Cole Payton sometimes. What sort of challenges does he present,
1: uh, run defense? Well, they do all the, um, I mean, that's really, from from our standpoint, it's it's all the same plays. It's just a different guy back there doing it. So, I mean, they bring him in. That would be a question for Coach Antz, why they do it.
0: Let's hear about North Dakota State's defense then for from Mon- Montana's head ball coach, Bobby Houck. Of course, only one matchup for Coach Houck against NDSU in his career. It was last year in the SCS playoffs when uh, Montana and North Dakota State were toe-to-toe in the Fargo Dome in the second round, and then NDSU pulled away and uh, sort of avalanche Montana late, but uh, it was competitive for like the first two and a half quarters.
1: Here's Bobby Houck on NDSU's uh, defensive side. Well, the interception total's probably first. um, I think 31's leading the nation himself, but they have, I don't know, it's 21 or 22 picks, which is a big deal. Uh, a lot of that's uh, because they're getting pressure up front. The other thing is is, is how their uh, front guys control the line of scrimmage and, and the tackling. So, I mean, all those things I just said mean they've got a pretty good defense.
0: Certainly uh, a good defense. Riley Wilson's new to all this. He's a transfer from Hawaii. He hails from Texas. But he, he talked extensively at the press conference on uh, Monday about how cool it was for him To be in a level that has playoffs in it, I mean, going to a bowl is fun or whatever, but getting to play week after week and win and you keep going and lose and you're out, I think there's a certain element of uniqueness and thrill to that. And Clifton McDowell talked about it. Riley Wilson talked about it, uh, including right here, uh, about the matchup with
2: NDSU. Riley, you're obviously experiencing FCS playoffs for the first time, too. So just one, what's it like? And then do you know much about North Dakota State aside from their storied history? What do you kind of know about them going into it? Um, it's just crazy to think. I mean, a year ago I was in the portal. You know, glory to God for me to be sitting here in this, the position I am right now. Uh, I do know they're a dynasty, but, you know, it's just a great opportunity for this team. You know, they're a good team. So they're going to come in here and just for us just to showcase what we can do. Just being on this playoff run, just what's it been like from your perspective of the team? Just what's this been like, and especially getting to do it here in Missoula? Oh, it's it's a it's a blessing. Everything I dreamed of when just uh, as a little kid wanted to play college football, it's been awesome just to be part of this team and just these guys making memories. It's just
0: been really fun. Riley Wilson, sophomore linebacker, All-Big Sky selection after transferring from Hawaii to Montana here. Uh, on is now. It's our First look at NDSU. It's probably presented by Town Pump. Town Pump, we all the wild by the mile. They sent us all over the place. We even got some bonus miles this last week when we went to Moscow. Uh, Town Pump kept us fueled up all year long. I ate an inordinate amount of beef jerky from Town Pump this year. <laughs> so appreciate them for that. And uh, they gave us the fuel for the belly, the fuel for the vehicles. And uh, they sent us here at ESPN MT and Skyline Sports uh, all across the uh, Western United States. So appreciate Town Pump. That's our first look uh, at North Dakota State. I got a question about the young man who we just heard from for Andrew on the other side. So we'll do that on the way home. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Visit JSHLTilaw.com.9
1: oh! on ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television.
0: Here's your side of ridiculousness in the world today. I <laughs> mean I'm always standing up for the, the mid-major D1 teams that have to schedule non-d1s to get home games in December. I'm standing up for that. I don't like it. I don't want it, but it's a necessity, and we've already gone into the why. You can find that out later, and maybe we'll talk about it a little bit uh, coming up. But North Dakota State men's basketball played some college called Oak Hills today. They were up 60-5 to at halftime, and they won 108-14. to That's right. They won by uh, 94 points. It seems like a waste of everybody's time. Nuwandas now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Colter Nuwandas. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Uh, we're getting all of the texts. My, I, <laughs> I have gotten so many texts during the show. You guys have been texting the studio line. Thanks for that. But also, uh, my phone's been blowing up on the personal side. Pretty much every Grizz person I know, they're all wanting to get some tickets for the game. Well, all the tickets are gone. The tickets sold out in 11 minutes. But it gets more juicy. It's sounding like, and there's been some response from UM Athletics on Twitter, that some people are saying that a bunch of bots from the the secondary sites bought all the tickets. Some people are saying that the sites themselves, for whatever reason, uh, and I think there's just a lot of people that bought tickets too. I bet you a lot of the ticket sales are legitimate. But UM Athletics tweeted out uh, 13 minutes ago, no, we're trying to figure out uh, if we have more tickets available. We are not sold out right now, even though the the Grizz ticks is telling consumers that they are sold out. So maybe there was some sort of bots. Maybe there's some sort of North Dakota State. I don't know. Whatever it is, a ton of tickets went out the door. I think probably most of them were legitimate. It sounds like some of them might not be. So that might be something uh, that gets fixed. Stuansdale, so ESPN Radio. If you missed anything in the show today, you can always find it on the podcast. Probably presented by Blackfoot Communications where they're all Grizz, or excuse me, visit goblackfoot.com. The M store where they're all Grizz all the time. I got Grizz on the brain because Mike Nugent, a friend of the show, he's blowing up my phone right now about all this. Uh, He confirms UM Athletics, says that all the tickets are not got. Uh, The M store where they're all Grizz all the time and the MSU Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. Andrew, we don't have much time on this, but I wanted to ask you, I was thinking this when Riley Wilson was uh, there talking. If Clifton McDowell, wasn't a Grizz, if he just went to Southern, or let's just say Clifton McDowell wasn't a newcomer in this league, would Riley Wilson have been the newcomer of the year in uh, the Big Sky
2: Conference? Yeah, I think he's been great, and I think he's really similar to Clifton McDowell, and I think we have talked about this earlier. You can sort of point to him gaining the role that he has as one of the turning points of the Grizz season That's as right. well when they sort of figured out that he's the guy who needs to be rushing the passer a lot.
0: He he was banged. They were really high on him coming out of spring, and then he was banged up. And, yeah, he had an ankle, he had some head stuff, and then all of a sudden, when he when he came back though full strength, I think it was in the UC Davis game, and he fully was kind of unleashed. And then he's been, he's been lights out since then. He's got eight-and-a-half sacks, 13-and-a-half tackles for loss. He was a second-team all-big-sky guy alongside Levi Janikaro, who's the guy he splits time with. So uh, he's certainly been an impact player. It's so funny, because for all of the the transfer portal stuff and all the the moaning and groaning and, and complaining about it, the Grizz have done a great job in the transfer portal, by and large. And, and this year... Has been as good as any, especially when you talk about perhaps the two best impact players, the offensive and defensive biggest impact transfers in the conference were both uh, coming into the grid. So um, there is two sides to every coin for sure. Tomorrow, a pretty standard Wednesday lineup with a little bit of flair. Still working on checking out some NDSU interviews. There's a lot of crossover this week, so trying to make time with everybody. But we'll certainly have more Montana, North Dakota State talk. We'll certainly hear from at least someone from the NDSU side of things as part of our ESPN roundtable. Sam Herder, Hero Sports, will also swing by to chat with us as well. And then we'll also hear from Junior Bergen, who is the, uh, he'll be our Grizz Star of the Week, as well as uh, the star of the show last week for the Grizz uh, against Montana. So we'll do all that at 4 p.m. tomorrow. And uh, we're getting down to it. It's going to be an exciting Saturday. I uh, I can't hardly wait. Christmas breaks around the corner for me. The first grid semifinal game in uh, 15 years is around the corner for all of us, at least in terms of ones in Missoula. So it should be a fun rest of the week. We will see you tomorrow here on Nuana's Now. Thanks so much for listening, and enjoy your evening. Be good. Colter Nuanis from ESPN Montana here at the M Store.